Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Putin's major source of revenue is selling oil and gas. U.S. dollars funding this carnage in Ukraine. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports. Deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. Price of the gas at the pump in America is going to go up further. Information. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. We'll get to the uh, oil and the Ukraine issues uh, in a little bit. First off, though, a Carolina Journal is reporting the U.S. Supreme Court has voted 6-3 to deny North Carolina legislators' request to block a court-drawn congressional map for North Carolina. The high court's decision should end legal action connected to new North Carolina election maps for the 2022 election cycle. Uh, Not totally surprising, but very disappointing. Justices Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and uh, Clarence Thomas dissented from the decision announced last night. Justice Brett Kavanaugh concurred with the result, but supported some of the dissenters' conclusions. Quote, this case presents an exceptionally important and reoccurring question of constitutional law, namely the extent of a state's court's authority to reject rules adopted by a state legislature for use in conducting federal elections, Alito wrote. There can be no doubt that this question is of great national importance, but we have not yet found an opportune occasion to address this issue. We'll have to resolve this question sooner or later. And the sooner we do so, the better, Alito added. This case presented a good opportunity to consider the issue, but unfortunately the court has again found the occasion inopportune. Alito signaled support for a key argument North Carolina legislators put forward. The election clause provides that rules governing times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives must be prescribed in each state By the legislature thereof, Alito wrote, this cause could have said these rules are to be prescribed by each state, which would have left it up to each state to decide which branch, component, or officer of the state government should exercise that power, as states are generally free to allocate state power as they choose. But that is not what the election clause says. Its language specifies a particular organ of the state government, and we must take that language seriously. The dissent takes aim at North Carolina state judges who appeared to be legislating from the bench, only this year the state Supreme Court changed course and discerned in the state constitution a judicially enforceable prohibition of partisan gerrymandering, Alito wrote, explaining the reasons for this new interpretation The court noted that the state's constitution is difficult to amend and that North Carolina is a state without a citizen referendum process. The court concluded that the only way that partisan gerrymandering can be addressed is through the courts. This explanation have the hallmarks of legislation. The case deals with more than just a state court interpreting a state constitution, according to the dissent. The question presented is one of federal, not state law, because the state legislature, in promulgating rules for congressional elections, acts pursuant to a constitutional mandate under the election clause, Alito wrote. 
And if the election and if the language of the election clause is taken seriously, there must be some limit on the authority of the state courts to countermand actions taken by state legislatures when they are prescribing rules for the conduct of federal elections. Kavanaugh refused to go along with his three descending colleagues, citing the likely disruption to North Carolina's elections timeline. But he expressed interest in dealing with the issue outside of the process as an emergency petition. I agree with Justice Alito that the underlying election clause question raised in the emergency application is important and that both sides have advanced serious arguments on the merits, Kavanaugh wrote in his concurrence. The issue is almost certain to keep arising until the court definitively resolves it. Well, why didn't you why didn't you take it up then? Why didn't you take it up with the idea that we're, we're going to take it up, but it's not going to be till after the uh, uh, after the primary? Therefore, if the court receives petitions for cert raising the issue, I believe that the court should grant cert in the appropriate case, either in this case from North Carolina or in a similar case from another state. Kavanaugh added, "The court grants cert when it agrees to hear the case. If the court does so." The court can carefully consider and decide the issue next term after full briefing and oral argument. Legislative leaders filed paperwork February the 25th requesting emergency action from the nation's highest court. They argued that the state's courts overstepped their authority by tossing out two congressional maps drawn by lawmakers. We are disappointed that the Supreme Court's decision allowing elections under a congressional map drawn by the conflict-ridden special masters to continue, said Phil Berger, Senate leader. In response to the decision, a three-judge state superior court panel that threw out lawmakers' congressional maps replied, uh, I'm sorry, relied on advice from three outside advisors called special masters, which is, (laughs) so you have an entire elected legislature with the majority comes up with maps, and yet you have three outside advisors and uh, some of the advisors to the advisors, because, I mean, the three advisors were Bob Evans, Bob Moore, uh, Bob Orr, and Thomas Ross, former UNC president. They don't know anything about drawing maps. So they were relying on people that weren't even a part of the state of North Carolina. Uh, we applaud the Supreme Court for the decision today, allowing elections to proceed with a congressional map that treats all citizens fairly and equally, regardless of party, religion, or race, said Zach Schaff, representing the NC League of uh, Conservation Voters, one of the multiple plaintiffs that had challenged state congressional and legislative election maps. Yeah, I mean, um, it's disappointing that Kavanaugh would not uh, take this up. Based, and I understand. Yeah, you're probably gonna you're gonna throw a, a wrench into uh, the works. But I mean, part of the thing that's so frustrating is that's how the opposition to the state legislature um, they were the ones that threw the wrench into the works. Uh, it's uh, d- deliberately so. I mean. Th- this whole the timing of this whole thing is such that uh, uh, extremely disappointing. But they need to take it up because this issue will come back. And it's it's been around since Roe v. from before Roe v. Wade, when we started having the judicial branch become the legislative branch. It's been happening in federal courts now. The federal courts have a lot of conservatives throughout the federal courts, so you're not seeing it as much in the federal courts. So now you're seeing it in the state courts. And again, if we can get some Republican justices on the North Carolina Supreme Court, all we got to do is get one. 
It'd be nice to get two, but if we get one, we'll be in the majority. If we get two, it'll be a safe majority. But if we can get two in uh, one or two, we get the majority this, this November, then uh, the state legislature can go back and redraw the maps for the next election, which would be in 2024. Lots to talk about this afternoon. I, I was listening to um, Sean Hannity on the way in, and uh, his guest was talking about the, um, the, the, the former um, energy czar, was talking about the fact that we have decisions that are being made that are, by the Biden administration that are just foolish decisions, ignorant decisions, there is a op-ed by a Derek Hunter that appeared in Town Hall. He actually has a talk show on WCBM up in Baltimore. And overall, it's, a, it's an interesting op-ed. Let me just read you parts of it. Every single day when the president of the United States wakes up, Joe Biden's first action appears to be to reach for a shovel to dig a hole even deeper than it already is. There's no bottom to hit when all you do is suck. How does a man inherit a country that is energy independent, an exporter of energy, and within a year make it and Western Europe allies we could have had, we couldn't uh, sell our energy to, dependent like a newborn baby on one of our obvious enemies? Can anyone screw it up this well? It takes skill to screw it up so thoroughly that it will take years to fix. It's the difference between chipping a plate and smashing it repeatedly with a hammer. We are now, thanks to Joe Biden, left scrambling for oil. The president is planning a trip to Saudi Arabia to beg them to bring up their production to bring down cost, costs which, by the way, that were predictable as the setting sun. Not only are we looking to OPEC, we're considering getting into bed with Iran for oil. That's a heck of a journey, just 10 years on from the Biden and Democrats mocking Mitt Romney for calling Russia our number one geopolitical foe. Again, it takes skill to be this thoroughly incompetent. Now comes the word we're even reaching out to the dictator of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro. His policies have driven countless hordes of his citizens to crash our southern borders, at least those who have been able to escape his tyranny. The Biden administration is willing to crawl into bed with foreign government, no matter how disgusting or evil, to lower the price of oil. They won't allow for for expanded drilling in the U.S. That's a non-starter but you're either actively paying to murder Americans or even just considering it. The Biden team is open for business. The more oppressive you are to your own people, the better. Uh, Then Derek goes on to point out how liberal apologists defend canceling the uh, drilling of leases and pipelines and the issue of not drilling in uh, Anwar because they say it won't make a difference because we wouldn't get any oil out of it for 10 years, which is frankly incorrect. But uh, they go on to say the White House is making the exact same argument against the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, he goes. He concludes by saying, all we have is a senile president who is losing what's left of a mind that was never fully functioning to begin with. God help us. Uh, interestingly, um, he points out a lot of things that a number of other people have pointed out. Uh, but allow me to disagree and I've said this before, and I, I'm, I myself have uh, agreed and said that Joe Biden is senile and uh, ignorant. Uh, 
uh, and, and making bad decisions. But allow me to disagree that these decisions are being made because of senility or unbelievable ignorance. If you assume that ultimately Democrats want the same thing the conservative want, a prosperous and free United States living in a moral climate, then okay. If you really think that's what they want, then okay, I'll agree that it's senility and ignorance that is uh, causing these problems. I'll, I'll agree with that argument. But I don't think that's what Democrats want. I think what they want is closer to Fidel Castro than what, what Ronald Reagan would want. They want a, They truly want a socialist country. And they want it not because they want equality for all. That is a facade to have the masses believe that they are a compassionate lot. Their promotion of socialism was clearly seen when Obama was first elected and the naive ecstatically proclaimed that Obama will pay my rent, he'll pay for my car, he'll pay for my cell phone. With socialism, consider this, with socialism you can bribe people to put you in power and yet never use a penny of your own money. And once they put you in power, you hand them a free few t- trinkets, and then you hang the trinkets over their heads and say, hey, if you don't reelect me, I'm going to take away your trinkets. Now, I don't think they're stupid. I don't think they're senile. I don't think they're ignorant. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, basically, I'm not, I'm not saying the Democrats in Washington are as evil as Putin, but at the end of the day, they want the same thing Putin wants. They want power. They want money. They want control. And what's scary is they are dangerously close to completely getting what they want. So I I can't blame it on ignorance. I think this is what they want. I mean, he, he is being told with clear, clear directives by Republicans that you need to drill for oil. And he's not going to do it. And he lies. He continues to lie. Now, Biden today came out and announced a ban on all imports of Russian oil, gas, and energy to the United States, targeting the main artery of Russia's Russia's economy amid Putin's war on Ukraine. Biden, though, went on to say that it is simply not true that his administration or his policies are holding back domestic energy production. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year in office. (laughs) Yeah, it took them a little while to get things going there, Joe. Biden and White House officials are engaging in a rhetorical sleight of hand to defend the administration's record on domestic oil production. The Biden administration has repeatedly touted the fact that oil production in Biden's first year in office was higher than Trump's first year. Jen Psaki said that yesterday, that the U.S. produced more oil this past year than Trump did in his first year. Biden said it again today. What the White House doesn't tell you is a rather key fact. While domestic oil production in 2021 was higher than it was in 2017, It was lower than it was in 2018, it was lower than it was in 2019, and it was lower than it was in 2020. The White House spin comes amid increasing Democrat anxiety about the political impacts of record-setting gas prices ahead of midterm elections. 
Biden warned Americans today that the ban on Russian oil imports would cost American families. Putin's role is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Now, again, this is a sleight of hand. Would gas prices be going up if we had kept the XL pipeline open, if we had kept drilling going, if we had renewed leases on federal lands? Would the price of oil have gone up because of the war in Ukraine? Yes. Would it be up as high as it is right now? No. And quite frankly, had we kept drilling and had we put the XL pipeline in, I've said this a half dozen times, if we had done those things, if we had kept the Trump administration's policies on energy, I'm not so sure that Putin would have gone into Ukraine because he couldn't have afforded to go into Ukraine. And he couldn't have held the, uh, the oil and gas production that's coming in from Russia to Europe. He couldn't have held it over the Europeans' head, as he's currently doing. Republicans, meanwhile, say high gas prices are going to fuel a red wave in midterm elections. I think so. I mean, if, if there's a silver lining to all this, if we have a fair election, um, Joe Biden, the, the Democrats better get everything done that they're going to get done between now and next January, because come November, uh, they're going to be out on their rear. Uh, interesting piece out of the Gateway Pundit. So Biden announces today that the U.S. will ban Russian imports. Gas prices will spike again after, well, they're going to go up after the announcement. Uh, and again, we're hitting record highs, even higher than 2008. And we very well might see um, $200 a barrel for oil. Under Trump, it had gotten down to 40. So a Republican, I'm sorry, a reporter asked Democrat Representative Hakeem Hakeem Jeffries what his caucus plans to do about soaring gas prices. This was his answer. The data is clear. If this happens, we're going to see gas prices likely increase. Um, What is the thinking within your caucus about how to deal with that issue specifically um and what is what has been the reaction of your colleagues to you know things like diplomatic outreach to countries like venezuela and saudi arabia in terms of like increasing the global oil supply and that issue hasn't come up (laughs) i'm sorry what is the biggest issue facing the united states right now now i mean obviously we've got a huge concern about ukraine we've got a huge concern about inflation but we have a super huge concern about energy and that's what's driving inflation <laughs> this brilliant guy i mean every now and then as i say every now and then a liberal accidentally speaks the truth well that issue hasn't come up Here's your Democrats, folks. And again, okay, is this stupidity? No, he just didn't have a good answer for it. Um, Now, listen, I'm not saying these people are brilliant, but this is what these people want. They're looking at the energy shortage. This is great. The American people will be forced to cut back on fossil fuels. They will be forced to buy an electric car. Pete Buttigieg, hey, here's your answer. Go out and buy an electric vehicle. Can't make it up. 
Hey, we've got to take a time out. 561-8255. If you're on hold, we'll get to you. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, showers mainly after midnight, low around 46. Chance of rain is 80% tonight. Wednesday, more rain coming in and a high of only 62. Chance of precip tomorrow again, 80%. And tomorrow night, rain likely. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Right now, the warmer weather is, well, it was here this past weekend, and uh, it will be back. I mean, it's got to rain the next couple of days, but uh, spring is here. Spring has sprung. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Ironwood voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. They're waiving all initiation fees. They want you to join in the fun and become a member today, not a golfer. Ironwood's new social membership includes access to the competition-sized swimming pool, clay service tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 752-4653. Come on out and see Jenna. She'll give you a tour of the club, a gorgeous facility out there. And uh, you're going to love it. Jen will probably even buy you lunch. Give her a call. Again, that number is 752-4653. Sutton, our old buddy's on the line. Hey, Sutton, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you gentlemen doing in there? Uh, we're doing well. Well, that's good. I was listening to you and you were making reference to uh, sometimes how the Democrats think, but they may not be as worse as Putin in the mind as uh, just doing those very, very, very evil acts like you're doing, but you know, I can recall back, I can recall back in the end of the year when they was trying their best to get Trump out. The same people as in, you hear them talk about the black and the people of color, they represent and they champion the blacks, the people of color and all this, but they were willing to sacrifice the burning, the shooting, the killing one another, and the looting and everything. They were willing to sacrifice that. Well, they're they're willing to let the the borders come wide open. In fact, there's an interesting. I haven't read the whole thing, but there's an interesting piece on Town Hall, and uh, just talking about the the criminals with horrific records coming across the southern border. So, good point, Sutton. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, and the thing and the thing is this too. You take on a you know a serial killer. They start out. They don't start out pretty much. May kill one. May go two, three, and on and on and on. But they sit and they talked about how they champion the poor, the middle class, and this, that, and the third. But it's all about power. They don't Bingo. care. So do I put them in a the category of Putin? Yes. Long as they get power, they don't care at what cost or who falls down as long as they get power, and it's shown. How they want to take the police out of the black communities and the community where the crime was at, where people were getting killed, so that they can make it look like uh, it was a Trump problem and a Trump created. created excuse me. They did not care. 
And the same thing, if you got the heart, you don't have the heart to love one, you don't have the heart to love two. That's just how it is. Yeah, they, they, got, true. they got a good shtick going because they're they're convincing a lot of people that they're the good guys when they're creating the problems. Although, I, I you know, the, what they have got going too, though, I don't think as many people, obviously, if you look at the polling, a lot of people don't believe in this shtick they got going. But they got the mainstream media that is just delighted to carry the water for them, and that uh, well, obviously helps in their got. cause. And it, and it looks like to me that it's time for some laws or something to come in place to stop the mainstream media for lying to cover them up with whatever they want to do. Now, that's the that's one of the worst things about it. You know, and it's like now, how they want to twist this thing around, say it's the right, it's the right that... Uh, agree with what Putin's doing over there, and they support what Putin's doing over there. What they call it? It's something about the right. They call it. Uh, uh, they got a name for it, but they are trying to make it look as if that the Republicans and 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 all are, are responsible and glad of what's going on over there. They're not saying that because of Joe Biden's policy for Russia and their oil and all of the resources that they're getting from selling their oil is the reason they had the resources to go in there and take over that place. Well, anyway. well, I I, uh, I agree with the uh, emotion of your argument. I think we need to have a free press, even if the free press is uh, propagating for the government. But where I highly disagree is, can we please uh, get rid of NPR? I mean, NPR okay. is a, a tax paid for by the tax. I mean, they've got some donations, but primarily it's taxpayers that are paying for the propaganda that helps the Democrat agenda and the taxpayers are paying for it. It's amazing how the Democrats, I mean, if they were dependent totally on private, uh, the private sector for their support, they wouldn't get too far. But these Democrats do a great job of getting into power and getting the taxpayer to fund their propaganda and their agenda. And it's infuriating. Sutton, great well, call. The thing is, well, the thing is, where you go, they're going to say one thing about the Democrats. Proud of crooks. They're going to stick together, they're going to work together, and they're going to fund whatever they need to get done. Yeah. All right, you got to be blessed. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sutton. Appreciate it. 561 Let's go to Tom down in Bellhaven. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. How y'all doing today? Doing well. Good to hear from couple, you. A couple of things. You too. Just a couple of things I wanted to talk about. First, here we, we just get people back going to work. We're Biden is taking credit for all these jobs he's creating when it's really just people going back to work. Exactly. And then they're setting it up so that people can't get to work because they can't afford the gas to get there. Hmm. And if you live in eastern North Carolina, there's really nowhere you can go that's a short hop. Yeah. Especially if you live out in the county. So yeah. you've got to spend gas. And here we Good go. We're not, now we're going to, all those jobs that people had, <laughs> they're not getting raises. They're not getting, you know, increase in, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Increase in uh, cost of living. Well, anyway. Yeah, cost of living increase. I mean, so what are we supposed to do? Well, the other what thing you got to remember is, well, socialism wants a dependent populace. They want, exactly. they want the American people to be totally dependent upon the government. And that's why they keep, that's why they keep coming out and say, well, the government needs to address this. You know, so much of what the government is addressing is so far out of whack from what our founding fathers ever envisioned that, no, the private sector can address those issues. 
And now we've gotten well, to the I point. I agree with you there, 100%. We're so, but we're, so many people are now so dependent on government programs, it's, it's pretty hard to uh, wean the populace off the, uh, the government dole. But, but here, uh, here's, my, here's my main question, Tom. If, you know, we're, I'm, I guess, I'm guessing gas is going to be over $5 real soon. But if, we, if the XL pipeline was never open, it hadn't been finished yet, how were we energy uh, independent on ourselves? Yeah, independent. If the XL pipeline hadn't been open yet, what happened to all the other pipelines? Did they close all of them? I don't think they've been closed, but uh, I think the oil companies. Now, right now, Jen Psaki's coming out and saying, well, you know, there's 9,000 leases out there. Go blame the oil companies for not pumping more gas. The problem is the oil companies do not trust the Biden administration, I mean, they'll go out and spend millions and millions of dollars setting up the infrastructure to pump this oil. And then the Biden administration is going to come back and just say, well, no, we decided even though you've spent all this money putting this in, we're, we're just going to pull the rug out from underneath you. They're not going to spend that kind of money. And I mean, just well, think of, just think of the billions of dollars that was spent on the XL pipeline and now nothing to show for it. But yeah, under the Trump administration, they just promoted drilling and drilling and drilling and fracking. And guess what? It worked. And the idea that they're coming out now and saying, well, if you, if you increase drilling, we won't see the effects of it for 10 years. Trump saw the effects of it in less than a year. And, and if I, I've said this before, if we show the rest of the world that we are dead serious about drilling and making ourselves not only energy independent, but an energy exporter. Guess what's going to happen? The other OPEC nations are going to say, oops, we better drop our price. If we drop our price, there'll be less of an incentive for these American companies to invest in the infrastructure that they're going to have to spend. They won't make as much profit. Maybe they won't be as aggressive in spending that money on the infrastructure. So you, I, I fully believe that if you were to, um, if, if Joe Biden, which ain't going to happen, but uh, if whoever's the president were to just say, man, we're going to drill, 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 I think you would see a very quick response. In the, in, now, now, granted, again, the caveat being the Ukrainian war, which everybody's on heightened alert. But I think you'd see the price come down. I do. Well, and that's the other point, too, I wanted to make. If everybody's driving an electric car, which is what AOC and her idiocy want, if everybody's driving an electric car, have you, ever, you know what an EMP is, right? Tell me. You know, an electromagnetic pulse? Yes, yes, yes. An atomic weapon produces those. Yes. One atomic weapon. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right. If it's, and we're talking, Putin's talking about an, a nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you, you know, 400 miles above the, the earth or as it is, and it shuts down everything, they're just going to look and say, gotcha. Yep. 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 Hey, great call, Tom. Appreciate the input. 561-8255. Uh, Craig and Hubert, is it? Yes. How are you, sir? Not bad. Hey, I have a, several points, and um, I don't mean to dominate the conversation, but um, this is Econ 101, supply and demand, and they have effectively adjusted the, the supply, and the demand hasn't changed. 
So that's going to, that's just a no brainer. But then for Buttigieg to come out and say, well, just buy an electric car. That's like saying to a homeless person, buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's but, like saying but, to a starving person, but go, go buy a meal. But beyond that though, where do they think the energy is going to come from to, to, for, to generate the electricity to recharge the batteries? I mean, it's, well, it's, it ain't going to, and it ain't going to come, come from, from wind and power. solar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's not going to come from wind or solar. I mean, it, at the end of the day, an electric vehicle under in the scenario that we're living in right now doesn't create any less carbon footprint than fossil fuels do. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'll buy an electric car when the Air Force run, Air Force One runs on solar power. There you go. Well, that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Five six one eight two five five. Hey, let's take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Join the show. 252-561-TALK. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. 5618255. Uh, before we get back to the phones, a really uh, good column by Miranda Devine in the New York Post. I think it was published yesterday. And I'm not going to go through all of it. But one of the things that she implies is the total hypocrisy uh, by Joe Biden. And, of course, Remember back when Barack Obama was the president, Biden was his point man in Ukraine, and he'd fly over to Kiev often to deliver lectures about corruption. At, his son, at the same time he was delivering lectures on corruption, his son was getting $83,000 a month from uh, Burisma, the uh, gas company. But what's, what's interesting is, you know, there was a lot of talk over the years about Ukraine becoming a, a member of NATO. Now, some people will say, well, this war would have started sooner had they been a member of NATO. I don't think so, only because I don't think Russia had the, the power to have that happen. But one of the reasons they were not permitted to come into NATO was because of corruption. And as the, the leaders of NATO told the country of Ukraine, listen, Poshenko, clean up your mess, clean up your act, get rid of the corruption, and we'll consider you making you a member of NATO. And, of course, if they were a, a member of NATO right now, and, you know, an attack on one is an attack on all, and other NATO nations would have come to their defense. Now, you can say that Putin might have attacked earlier had that happened, but if they were a member of NATO, I don't know that that Putin would have taken on all of NATO. Anyway, to get to my point, Ukraine was told that clean up your corruption and we'll consider you as a full member of NATO. So what were they doing under Poshenko? They were cleaning up the corruption. How so? One of the things they were working on now, Ukraine has enjoyed their independence for 30 years, wanted to be a member of NATO, 
and corruption was such that they weren't allowed to come in. There was a Ukrainian prosecutor by the name of Viktor Shokin. He claimed that he was investigating Burisma, the gas company, and the corruption that was going on over there. Now, remember back when Joe Biden was under Obama, somewhere around June or July of 2015, and Joe Biden goes over there and tells the Ukrainian government to back off this Viktor Shokin investigation of Burisma. Why was he investigating? Why was Shokin investigating? He was investigating them for corruption. Why were they not a member of NATO? Because of Ukrainian corruption. What does Joe Biden do? He goes over there and says, stop your investigation. One of the reasons why was because Hunter Biden was getting a nice paycheck every month for sitting on the board of directors for something he knew nothing about. Joe Biden infamously goes over and says, hey, until you fire that guy, you're not getting your billion dollars. The irony is, again, the irony is, what did they accuse Donald Trump of on his call with Zelensky? That he was telling <laughs> he was telling Zelensky, until you do what I tell you to do, I'm, I'm going to withhold these funds, which is exactly what Joe Biden did do. Trump was accused of it. Biden did it and bragged about it. So they were trying to clean up the corruption. Did they clean it up? Well, they actually did clean up some of it, but it was put on hold there. The Burisma was put on hold because Joe Biden told him, stop the investigation into corruption at Burisma or you don't get your billion dollars. Hmm. They never joined NATO. Thanks, Joe. Five, six, one, eight, two, five, five. Let's go to Zach and Stokes. Hey, Zach. Hey, what's up, Tom? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I just uh, thought of something about that other caller that called in about the EMP. Uh-huh. And, I, yeah, I know he meant well with that, but I had heard that, you know, the modern circuitry, even in all our gas cars, like uh, EMP, like even if you drive a gas car, an EMP is just going to take everything out. I'd, heard, I'd read one time that, like, these preppers and off-the-grid people, they said if you wanted a tractor, like, that would withstand an EMP blast, that you needed one, a John Deere that was, like, Night built before 1976 or, or something like that. So anyway, I don't know. EMP is concerning, man. I think we should have like EMP proof our grid like a long time ago. Cause that, I mean, if the power goes off for like a month or something, which I guess they could just hack it down now, you know, I mean, people are going to be like, people are going to be eating each other if the, well, if the power goes out for like long periods of time. I hope it doesn't get that bad, but I, the point is we need to be, uh, you know, oh my! You've you've heard you've heard a lot of people talk for a long time about making sure you have, you know, water and uh, freeze dried food that you could in case of an emergency. You know, I, I'm I'm saying that. Uh, well, I think there's a. I bet I bet the orders for a lot of that stuff is really high right now. That's probably one area of the sector of the of the business sector that's doing really well. And uh, that's emergency supplies. And I had a story just the other day, well, there's Lithuania, I think, that record gun sales. I mean, they're selling in a week what they would normally sell in a year at some of these gun shops. People are seeing what's going on over there, and they're saying, hmm, 
I've taken a lot of things for granted, and uh, you know, it only takes one nut over in the Kremlin to uh, reorder our entire world. Yeah, good call, Zach. Well, yeah, and I. All right, and one more thing I wanted to say that you know, this whole mess in the Ukraine started under the Obama administration. I mean, they, oh yeah, you know, they, you know, started a bloody civil war, and it's just been. It's ever since then, man. It's just it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Um, hey, thanks, Zach. Appreciate and, the call. Five six one eight two five five. We got one more break, right? Let's go ahead and take it. Love to hear from you. We'll be right back. of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the what's, and the where's. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. We have asked this question before. If what was happening in Ukraine happened in the United States, how would we respond as a nation? Now, it happened once before. It's called the Revolutionary War. And people literally lost their fortunes as the people in Ukraine are losing their fortunes right now. We, too, were up against a much more powerful opponent at the time as the Ukrainians are up against a powerful opponent. But if it were to happen today, how would people react? Interestingly, Quinnipiac did a poll. Would you stay or would you flee? Democrats had the highest number of respondents in a new poll from Quinnipiac who said they would flee the United States in the event the country was invaded. According to Quinnipiac, 55% of Americans said they would stay and fight in the United States if it was invaded. But broken down into political leanings, 25% of Republicans and 36% of independents would leave. When it came to Democrats, over 50% said they would do the same. As the world witnesses what's happening to Ukraine, Americans were asked what they would do if they were in the same position. Interestingly, um, Republicans say um, 25% would stay, and I mean 25% would leave, 65% would stay. Uh, independents, 57 would stay and fight, 36% would leave. Democrats, um, 50, 55 would leave and uh, the remaining uh, would stay. Uh, I, I hope this never happens, but um, who would have thought what we see happening in Ukraine would have happened? I hope and pray it doesn't. Would you stay and fight for your country? Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Larry and Simpson. Hey, Larry. Hey, Tom. Uh, one simple thing Joe Biden could do. At least I don't know why it's not going. I'm sorry, Larry. I could not understand the thing you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Say it, say it again slowly. There's one simple thing that could be done by Joe Biden to make it easy on, easy on Americans. At least I don't want. But I'm good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's that simple. 
Yeah. And, and I don't know why they won't do it, but I feel like it's more nefarious than just a green new deal. Yeah, it's interesting because. You know, they say, say, well, you're not going to see any results for 10 years. Well, wait a minute. We saw results from him shutting it down in 10 months. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. oh, you can see results in just few months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. And as far Larry? as uh, in my country, yep. I dig in take once more until I get it back or I die. One of the two. He is, uh, you know, it's... Uh, would I be irresponsible if I said uh, he's really he's not helping the American people? I'm going to say he's got a war on the American citizenry, but uh, he certainly is not helping the American people. And he is putting the policies of a minority of highly progressive woke squad members up in D.C., he's allowing a few to dictate. Uh, where America's headed. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I said it yesterday. He does not give one iota to Americans that can't fill the gas tank or can't put food on the table. He doesn't care. But again, remember, a good socialist wants you dependent upon the government. And, he, and Now, he doesn't have a clue as, as terms of what, what runs an economy. I mean, these people up in D.C. that are Democrats, they haven't, I mean, 99.9% of them have never actually worked a real job in their entire life. None of them have actually made a payroll. By the way, uh, timing is not a strong suit for the Biden administration. Here we are in the middle of this war in Ukraine. What does the White House do today? They release a fact sheet commemorating the first anniversary of the establishment of the White House Gender Policy Council falls on the International Women's Day. Now, listen, I'm all for women having equal rights and equal opportunity. But the fact that you would take this day to point this out to celebrate and release a fact sheet on the White House Gender Policy Council. Now, the interesting part about this is, you know, they're, they're really pointing to, you know, women ought to have, you know, equal opportunity. And we had... Uh, um, Secretary Anthony Blinken came out and he issued remarks. I don't think we have time to play them, but he issued remarks, uh, you know, talking about women should always have the equal opportunity. Um, it's 20. Okay, go ahead and play it then. It's only 23 seconds. The data is clear. Countries are more secure, peaceful, and prosperous when people of all genders can participate fully and equitably in every sphere of public life. Economies are larger and stronger when women are equally represented. Peace deals are more likely to last when women are at the negotiating table. And countries with high levels of gender equality have stronger and more resilient democracies. Okay, I don't have any problem with that. My problem is the total hypocrisy, because this administration is embracing transgenders and ruining women's sports. You talk about a war on women, this is probably, the in in terms of In modern history, the biggest war on women is coming from the Democrats as they're all about biological males participating fully, fully in women's sports, taking it over. I mean, you had just just this Leah Thomas, who is uh, a biological male, 
He was something like 400th and something in the United States in swimming. He competes as a woman. He's number one in the war in the nation. Unbelievable. Hypocrisy from the Biden administration. Pray for our nation, please. And we got to run. Do it again tomorrow. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right.